What you're about to listen to is a Bri-Fi production. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Bri-Fi Podcast. I'm your host Bri-Fi, your comics guy. And we got a pretty good episode for you this week. Got one, two, three, four, five, six, I think like seven news items to cover today. Then we're going to be talking about some new things that I've been um, digesting and having fun with this week and address some concerns that people have had, I guess. I don't I don't know exactly what's going to be going on later in the episode, but hopefully it's a good one. Hopefully you enjoy it and hopefully you have a fun and safe rest of your week and weekend. So without further ado, let's get on to the Nifty Nerd News. All right, everybody. So up first in the Nifty Nerd News, it appears that X-Men 97, which we got a trailer for last week, will not be connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that's been confirmed by the showrunner, Bo DeMeo, which I never really thought it was ever going to be connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I guess, I don't know anyone who did, but I guess the showrunner thought for whatever reason, or maybe he was just asked that in a stupid interview, like, hey, is this going to be connected to the movies at all? No, this is a direct sequel to the 90s animation show, you know, the original um, X-Men 97. And in fact, they're already working on a season two for this uh, X-Men 97, which is pretty cool, really exciting. Uh, like we talked about last week, um, when I was watching the trailer, I was really shocked and interested to see that, one, Charles, Charles Xavier passes away in it. Spoiler alert, that happened way back in the 90s. <laughs> um, but the new leader of the X-Men, or maybe not leader of the X-Men, because Cyclops is clearly the leader of the X-Men in this cartoon and based on the trailer, but the owner of Charles Xavier... And his estate and like the school uh, is Magneto, his brother in arms. Uh, so very interesting. I'm kind of excited to see where that goes. And, you know, we'll see. Definitely something I'm going to be checking out. It's going to be on Disney Plus, which I'm already a big fan of because I already pay for it. So give me more content that I want on the things that I pay for. That's all I ask. Is that too hard to do? Well, actually, now that I think about it, a lot of the streaming platforms that pay for are putting out some good stuff here recently more on that later uh next it looks like john like marvel or people um from marvel was uh already talking about how jonathan majors was already being pivoted away from like marvel was already pivoting away from kang and the kang dynasty supposedly before his conviction and before all this um assault stuff went down and um i guess they're blaming it on like ant-man and the wasp quantum media's poor performance but honestly i feel like they would have still pushed through anyway and not like i don't know like marvel i mean let's face it they've put out some not great things uh in the recent past but like they've never like cut ties with anybody they've never like said no (laughs) 
So I don't know. It was really interesting and really weird to me that uh, like this report came out at all. Like, let it die. Let let sleeping dogs lie, I guess is what I'm trying to say. We know he did some shit and some shit was... He did some shitty shit. Some of it wasn't as bad as shitty shit that he did, but he shouldn't have done the shitty shit. Like, I'm oh, sorry, I'm turning to Stanley here. No, <laughs> but like, come on, man. And come on, Marvel. Like, I, I don't know. I guess it's a slow news week. We had to put shit out there. Um, speaking of slow news week stuff, in an interview with David Tennant, he said he would love to bring back um, Kilgrave from Jessica Jones, which I'm a big fan of Kilgrave. Uh, his character was so bizarrely different and such a psychological villain versus like just a beat em up Thanos type or like I mean really all now that I think about all Marvel villains are basically just super powered bullies or just super powered this or another version of the superhero that you have to defeat and they do and it's kind of boring but with Kilgrave Kilgrave was so different than Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones, of course, had super strength, you know, and she could do all these crazy and super heroic things with, like, you know, her strength. And Kilgrave did not have that strength, but he had the ability to control people and control their minds. And he could plant little seeds and little things, and you didn't know who to trust and who was friend or foe or who could turn on you at any moment. Like, Kilgrave was such a psychological counter, like, to a super physical type person. Like, I don't know. It was just so amazing to me. It was just so compelling. David Tennant is the creepiest, coolest guy that I know. Like, it, what was it? The villain he plays in the Harry Potter. Um, man, I can't remember his name. But, like, just the way he plays that. And then, like, he plays a good guy really well, too. You know, he like, his run in Doctor Who is one of my favorites to watch and see clips from. But, like, his Kilgrave was just so unnerving. So, of course, he'd want to see that come back. I think, well, at the same time, it's like, acting an act, asking an actor if he wants work. Well, hell yeah, he's going to want work. But what's great about the Marvel Universe in its current iteration is we're in a multiverse. So we can bring back these characters. Like, there's nothing saying that these characters cannot return. I mean, look at what we did with Spider-Man No Way Home. We got to see Green Goblin. We got to see Oc uh, Doc Ock, uh, Sandman, Electro, the good version. <laughs> like, uh, you got to see all these villains come back to face off. And the original actors to face off against Tom Holland, Spider-Man, and Tobey Maguire, and Andrew Garfield. Like, so, there is a place in the Marvel Universe for that. I mean, look, we're seeing it with Deadpool, uh, well, the new movie Deadpool and Wolverine. We thought it was just going to be Deadpool 3, Deadpool and Wolverine. And there looks like they're going to intermingle with the Marvel Universe, like, things that happen within the Marvel Universe that we've seen already in movies, it looks like he's going to go back and have to deal with those. So it's very interesting and very cool. And I'm pretty excited. Anyway, moving on to other nifty nerd news. Let's see here if I have before we get the last bit. Um, 
Oh, here's one. Sorry. So Madam Web came out, and that did absolutely about as poorly as most people predicted. I don't know so much if it was hating on women in movies type thing, or if it's actually a very, very bad movie, but there have been some trusted sources of mine that have said, it's not really well done. <laughs> and that really sucks, because uh, who's the the lady who plays Madam Web? Um, I don't know. She was in Fifty Shades of Grey. She's really nice. Actually, um, oh, God, it's going to bug the shit out of me if I don't get this. Um, she has a name. <laughs> and that's all we need to know. Actually, I could probably just go to IMDb and look her up. But so, yeah, because Madam Web bombed or did not do as uh, well as ex Dakota Johnson. There it goes. So it just popped in my head. Dakota Johnson, which sucks, you know, because I feel like whoever her agent is, is actively trying to destroy her career. Like, I just, I feel like she gets put on in these not very good movies and they don't do very well. And she's always the face of the, whatever movie it is that don't really, that doesn't do very well. And I'm worried for her because <laughs> she seems very nice and very funny. I've, I started watching her episode of Saturday Night Live and I thought it was pretty funny. Like, I, I'm enjoying it so far and I'm enjoying her. And so it really sucks that Madam Web is something that like she's tied to. But then, once again, I have not actually seen it myself because it's not on <laughs> a streaming service yet. But once it is, then I'll have a better opinion of it. But currently, public opinion is not very high. So much so that the people over at Sony have decided to pretty much scrap the new Silk movie that they're planning on doing, which I like Silk as a character. Um, and it was... I did not like how she was introduced into the Marvel Universe. If you read the comic books, you, you kind of know what I'm talking about already. But if you don't, let me quickly explain. So Silk was brought in during the original Sin storyline, I believe it was. And in that, basically Marvel's original Sin stuff was like secret origins of these heroes are things you didn't know about these heroes and and their origin stories essentially where like i think um i was gonna say mark ruffalo's the hulk <laughs> um bruce banner who becomes the hulk um and the 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 bomb that goes off or the testing that goes off i believe in original sin was actually tony stark's our yeah, Tony Stark's fault, and so basically he created the Hulk. But for Silk, and that's just an example of it, and I might be wrong about it. And I think Thor discovers something about his... Like, every hero has, like, an original sin about their origin that they just realized now, and or in that time frame back when it was being published. But for Spider-Man, what he realizes, what he sees, is that after the spider bit him... It didn't just die and go away. It had enough life in it to move about the crowd and bite one more person. So a second quote-unquote spider person was born. And that person was uh, Cindy Moon, a.k.a. Silk. And 
that's a whole big thing. That she's got another big or origin story that is, or her story is very interesting and very intertwined, and how it's introduced and poorly, and in, in my opinion, is that she's been in hiding because her family wanted to keep her from being discovered by people. As it turns out, it's the inheritors who are basically multi-dimensional are yeah yeah multi-dimensional traveling vampires that seek out spider people throughout the multiverse and so they're trying to hide her because she's actually a special person and peter parker in the 616 universe what they're both in is very special um or original sin peter finds out about her through the vision that that he's given and that happens because the watcher dies and it's it's a whole big thing (laughs) And so he goes to find her and release her from her prison, what he thought was a prison, but it turns out it was her sanctuary, which keys the inheritors into realizing where they're all at and that like pieces are coming together and they got to go kill them. But until then, Peter and Cindy, yeah, it is Cindy Moon, right? I think so. I say that and now I'm like, is that really her name? Well, just Silk and Spider-Man have this weird sexual attraction to one another. And like, that's kind of like how you're just, she just is brought in as like this hyper sexually active spider person who is just completely infatuated with Spider-Man. And it's because they share the same spider fair. It, it, it's bad. It It's a fun story after this and as it continues, but her introduction is very terrible, like very cringy, and I guess could only be written by a horny man. But <laughs> anyway, they were planning on doing what all of this to say they were planning on doing a Silk movie that wasn't going to be so much based on her comic book origins. But now, after the failure that is uh, that Madame Web has seen af- upon release. They've decided to scrap that, which kind of sucks because after all this stuff, Silk actually becomes one of my favorite characters, and I really enjoy where the character has gone and her attitude and how she does things. And so, yeah, I'm kind of hurt. Kind of hurt that this isn't happening, but it almost feels like Sony is just making these craptastic movies just to really keep the rights, not actually make anything good. And plus, they know if they put Spider in anything, they're going to at least get a couple of views. And so, I don't know. It, I want characters that I like, but I don't want them to be done injustice. And Sony doesn't give a damn about my feelings. Speaking of doesn't give a damn. No, <laughs> sorry, I was looking at it. So we got a new trailer for a movie that has been in the works for quite some time and finally things about it have released and that is the borderlands movie trailer so we are 100 percent getting a borderlands movie i mean i knew we were getting a borderlands movie i honestly forgot all about it i think at one point i remember hearing news that jack black was cast to voice claptrap and i thought hey that's not a bad idea and didn't really read anything else about it. And so the trailer came out. And I only knew the trailer came out because everyone's been shitting on it online. <laughs> like, that's the only thing I can say about this. Everyone has been trashing the Borderlands trailer online 
since it's come out. I think it's only been out for like two days, not even maybe a day at this point. And I was so compelled to watch one. I love the Borderland games. The Borderland games are something that I've been playing since its release. I think, what was it? The Xbox 360 is when I first started playing it. And then I've continued through Borderlands, Borderlands 2, Borderlands 3. I actually haven't played the pre-sequel. And and I need to play the pre-sequel. I haven't played any of the Telltale games either. But I've always loved like the main um one two and uh, like one two and three i remember was there four yeah there was a four right i think there i don't know i've played the newest one and i know it was a numbered version and i really liked it like i really enjoyed everything about it it was the one with like those crazy ass twins was that three or four no i think it was four but anyway so because of my love for this franchise and the video games i decided to watch this trailer because I got to form my own opinion and I have to say that I have mixed feelings about this trailer because if I didn't know anything about Borderlands or like it not that but if if I wasn't so in love with the video games if I wasn't so enthralled with the characters and so connected or felt connected to it I think I would really love this trailer. And I th- and so with that in mind, like my my overall feeling on this is I think I'm going to like this movie because at its core I feel like it has enough there to be a fun movie and that's what Borderlands should be. It, Borderlands should be fun. Border- and the trailer seems like it's going to be fun. It, it is a little bit different than what the video games are. And the characters that are coming together in this storyline are actually spanning from multiple games into this, like, first movie or one movie. I don't know if there's going to be multiple movies. I don't know anything. I don't know what their plans are. I'm hoping it's just going to be one movie unless it's craptastic and then I hope for a reboot. But on the, like, my initial thought on this was I was happy. Like, I, it didn't really throw me off that much i say that because and where i heard a lot of the criticism and so and i couldn't help but also kind of tilt my head a little bit at it was the casting the casting was just a little strange and so i'll start with my favorites um i i for sure like jack black as claptrap although the other part of me is like, how hard would it have been to get the original voice actor for the video games to do the voice of Claptrap for the movie? He doesn't have to, like, be in the scenes, you know? He's just voiceover stuff. So I was kind of a little curious about that. But, again, I like Jack Black's version and take on Claptrap. I think he fits the, fits it very well, and I think he's going to do very well. But then again, is this Claptrap? Well, I'm assuming it is because the other characters are who they are. Looks like we're getting, uh, what's his name, Craig the Psycho. Is it Craig or Creed the Psycho? Um, He just has to be a psycho. He doesn't really talk in the trailer, so I don't really know. But overall, his physique and everything looks like a psycho, so I I dig that. Um, You have Tiny Tina, who I forgot who plays her, Ariana something. And the look is cool like i dig it but 
I don't know. It's like the actress, and it almost seems like the lines are being forced too hard. And I don't know if I really care about that. But then, like, is that my own bias because I'm so attached to the video games and love the tiny Tina that we get in the video games over her? And then there's a girl on TikTok who does Tiny Tina's voice and dubbed over the girl's parts in the trailer, and it sounds amazing. So... I don't know. I'm, I'm a little on the fence about that. And like, but these are like nitpicky things like, oh, it could have been so much more like the video game. You know, I think where everyone and it is funny, The I think the one thing that a lot of people are hung up on the cast and I'm actually not are the two people is Kevin Hart as Roland, which Roland was like a big hulking dude over six foot tall and like a universal soldier type person. But I actually like that Kevin Hart's doing this because I think he has the comedic chops to kind of like play off of this. I mean, it's a crazy world. Roland would, I guess, technically be your straight man. And I think Kevin Hart's kind of funny straight man silliness, I I think, fits well with the character. So I'm actually not upset with Kevin Hart playing Roland. And I'm really not upset with... Uh, Kate Blanchett as uh, Lilith. Now, everyone's biggest gripe on that was that she's too old. Like, she can't be Lilith. She's too old. But I I really don't care. (laughs) Um, Because I'm not looking for any weird romance stuff out of this movie. I want, like, a fun, kick-ass time. And so I don't really care about the age. I, I don't think she looks crazy old she doesn't look older than dr tannis who is um oh what's her name freaky friday uh halloween all the great movies <laughs> i can't remember but and yeah dr tannis is in this as well but like Kate blanchett is a great actress great actor great human being and is also a huge nerd um which is fun you know like I think she's in this because she really likes the characters and I really like and admire that, uh, that she would want to be a part of this. And I'm about to go to the cast to, uh, confirm, (laughs) um, who Dr. Tannis is. Okay. So tiny Tina is Ariana Greenblatt, whoever that is. And... Let's see. Jamie Lee Curtis. Why could I not think of Jamie Lee Curtis at all? Um, I don't know, man. It's going to be pretty awesome. And I'm actually kind of excited. Like, the more I think about them, I know I'm going to be excited about this because I like the games and I want anything that I can. Any more Borderlands that I can get, I want. And I think, I hope, I think that's really. I'm just choosing to be more positive about this and have a positive outlook because then if I don't, I will just be another angry keyboard wielder on the internet. And I don't want to be that. I want to be at least some type of balance (laughs) of objectiveness to this because I get it. Not all fans are not all people who are going to see this movie are going to be fans of the games. So not all people are going to have the biases of the games to go watch this movie. And I think, I think that if you come 
come into this movie like that, not having the biasness of this game, you will actually enjoy it. And I think those of us who are in love with the game and play the games religiously are even just enough to think we're upset about this. I think if you just take a step back and realize and or just tell yourself, this is not the game. This is just a retelling or just a different story with the same characters. Maybe you will have fun. Like, and I mean, we've talked about this in other episodes. I'm more to want to have fun. I want to enjoy things, whether or not they're good or bad. I want to enjoy them. And I think I'm going to enjoy Borderlands. It definitely has a Guardians of the Galaxy feel to it. I mean, we've had stuff like Guardians of the Galaxy, Suicide Squad, and now we're going to get like the Thunderbolts. But before then, we're getting Borderlands, which is going to be another like bunch of misfits put together to like classic rock music trailer and kill things. And Borderlands is a bloody kill fest. So we don't get too much of that in the trailer. So I'm kind of interested to see how violent this movie really gets. I'm excited, honestly. And that's pretty much it, man. I think that's all I'm going to cover for the Nifty Nerd News. Oh, yeah, McDonald's is getting an anime and a new chicken nugget sauce, which is not the Szechuan sauce that they're bringing back. It's another Asian spicy sauce. I don't know. but And, like, what's funny, so if you ever watch... Okay, we're going into this. I didn't think I was. I was just going to say it in passing. But if you ever watch any anime and they bring up a burger place that looks very much like McDonald's, but the M is upside down to a W. It's usually called like Whackdonald's or Wannell's. Like they always have a funny not McDonald's name because, you know, trademarked and shit like that. But now McDonald's is leaning into that. And for a limited time, they're calling themselves Wickdonald's with the upside down M in honor of anime worldwide. And there's actually going to be a small anime series for this releasing something. I don't know where you're going to be able to see it. Maybe it'll be on YouTube. Who knows? But I'm really excited to see it. I kind of want to try the the new McNugget sauce because one, I like like Asian spice sauce. Like I love the spiciness and the sweetness of all that. So of course I'm going to try it. And because I like things, I choose to like things and not hate things. You haters. Anyway, so that was the last bit of Nifty Nerd News. Let's move on to what I wanted to review for this week. All right, guys. So this week, actually, I've been sitting down to do quite a few things. I've been playing Pokemon, the game again. I've been playing Pal World, but I haven't played enough to really give you a good review on it. Of course, Pal World is Pokemon with guns, or what everyone's been calling it. Initial thought, like it. And we'll go, that's as far as we'll go from there. Uh, But what I have been indulging with this week, or at least watched the very first episode too, was the new Avatar The Last Airbender that is releasing on Netflix now. And... The reviews are not, or at least from what I've seen, I've seen a lot of hate. Uh, I've seen a lot of people not happy with it. Uh, The one that really made me get off my ass and go watch it was some chick on TikTok who was furious at what they did to Aang. And they're like, he was flying and doing like, just she didn't like any of it. 
And I just thought it was just so misplaced gatekeeping rage that I needed to see this. And I got to tell you, after watching the first episode, I really like what I'm seeing. Um, I don't know where the hate's coming from, man. I think these people have forgotten what M. Night Shyamalan has done to Avatar The Last Airbender. And how much better this new Airbender show is compared to what was the movie. Um, it, it just boggles my mind that people could not like this because... Honestly, I really enjoyed it, and I'm liking the pacing. It is fast-paced. If you watch the cartoon or the anime, whatever you want to call it. I, I call it anime. Most people call it cartoon. But I can't remember how many episodes it is till we get to like the Southern Air Temple where Aang is trying to see all his friends and realizes they're gone, and like they're not coming back. Like It's bad. Um, we get into that like... A little over halfway through the first episode. And I think there's only eight episodes. So we got to move fairly quickly, right? And I think there's only eight episodes. I can't remember. But it it, it moves, man. You're, you're, getting the, you're getting a quick-paced story. You're getting movement on a show. And I actually really like it. I like the characters. I like... There are changes. I, like, I'm not going to say... This is not the cartoon brought to life. This is definitely a reimagining of the show for maybe darker is kind of the wrong term but it's definitely a darker tone like a a more serious tone than the anime was uh, in like Aang and Kitara and Sokka but there is still moments of joy and lightheartedness that I do like um i to me there is one character that i am not completely on board with and we'll get to that in a little bit but of course the story of avatar is ang who is an airbender becomes the avatar after the previous one passes away because anytime there can only be one avatar but every time it the avatar passes away is they are essentially reincarnated into another person this person this time is ang who is an airbender the fire nation basically wants control of the world and the only person that can stop them is the avatar and they don't know who the avatar is but they know the avatar is an airbender so how do you solve this problem you kill all the airbenders they do just that ang uh while on the run or stressed or for whatever reason leaves the temple prior to this happening so he doesn't know that they all get wiped out but it gets frozen in ice for over a hundred years. When he comes to, he meets Sokka and Katara and finds out about the Fire Nation controlling everything. The hundred years is being the last airbender because all the other airbenders were wiped out of existence. And then they go on their journey for Aang to fully realize himself as the Avatar so he can defeat the Fire Nation. Like, that's pretty much the story in a nutshell. With some fun along the way. And what I do like about episode one of the live action show is we get to see what happens at the Air Temple. We start 100 years in the past 
versus where the, the show start the the anime starts and we get to see all that we get to see ang freeze himself in the ice and and time pass and all that and i actually appreciated that it, it i think it's good for people who have never seen the anime so that way they are kind of on board with where this kid's coming from and i think it i think because of this it puts in perspective or at least gives a little more thought or feeling to why ang is a little more angsty ha look what i did and i appreciate that and to me it makes sense within the boundaries of this like the characters and their attitudes and how they behave makes sense within the boundaries of what they've established for the show and the tone that they've set for the show and i i appreciate that and i like that my biggest favorite thing about this show is the fight choreography whereas in the first movie m night Shyamalan's movie everything felt slow and rigid and over performative this felt like real fighting this felt fast this felt exciting and i really appreciated that and i really enjoyed that and to me that's going to be my big plus for this show you should watch this solely based on the core the fight choreography and all that i think it's really fun there's only one character i am still not on board with and that is uncle iroh he has the attitude i just don't care for his delivery <laughs> i don't know what it is but he and maybe he just hasn't grown on me yet because he's still like in that serious phase where you don't really know who he is as a person all you know is he's the uncle to prince zuko who's a very angsty firebender trying to kill the avatar or capture the avatar so that he can return home with pride for his father who is the fire nation lord and so you won't find out until later uncle iroh's personality and what his beliefs are you get a glimpse of that in episode one and i really appreciate that because you get it gives you a look right away within the first episode that not all fire nation people are bloodthirsty monsters that want to wipe out the avatar and everything like that and i think that's important because the world is a big place it gets smaller every day but the world is still a big place where not everyone thinks the same and i like to see that in this show and i i think it's a good message i think it's a i mean it was in the anime too but as someone who's watching this for the first time and trying to figure it out because i mean what well, i don't i don't know i'm going off on a ramble there but i like his character he's one of my favorite characters in the anime and so i just want them to do him justice and i currently not fully in love but there are bits and pieces there that i like and i can't wait to see fully bloom later in the in the show overall though i like it i enjoy it i think the casting was great i think the fight choreography is really good the cgi for like the element battles is really fun and fantastic there was the one scene that this person on tiktok was really upset with happens very early on and it was like she was upset because ang was flying around like without his glider and stuff and when i came to that and i i knew it was happening because it was the only thing that made sense and it's not that he's just flying around 
but he's more gliding down to the ground and he's using air bend bending to help him do that. I get that she was upset because Aang never really did anything too much like that. Oh wait, yeah he did. He created like an air ball that he flew around in like a, an electric scooter. So yeah, Aang, it, it, to me it's something really stupid to be upset about because we've seen in the show him do other things even more ridiculous or similar to that. So I don't know. I, I just thought it was misplaced rage. And honestly, I think this is a good adaption of the Avatar The Last Airbender anime. And I'm excited for, to watch the rest of it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think it's going to be really well done. And when I started seeing people not like it, I got really worried until I saw it for myself and realized there's nothing to worry about, that this is going to be a good show. I think Netflix is finally getting it right. I, I honestly say that Cowboy Bebop was the turning point where they took, like, everything before Cowboy Bebop was really bad. Cowboy Bebop was mid with glimpses of excellence, in my opinion. I, I really wanted to like Cowboy Bebop a lot more than I ended up not liking it. Like, not, not that I didn't like it, but I wanted to like it a lot more than I did. And that's because I think there were still some things there. And maybe I was still, like, biased against Netflix for their anime adaptions. But looking back on it now, there's a lot of good things about it that I do like. There's still some things that are very cringy and not we won't talk about. But there are more good things than bad in that. And then you get One Piece. One Piece, chef's kiss. Mwah. Perfect. Loved it. Thought it had great pacing. Thought great characters. And now you're getting an Avatar, which, again, I think is great. I think it's got great casting, great choreography. And it's going to... I, I, I like this trend that I'm seeing with Netflix and their animation, anime, cartoon adaptions into live action. Hopefully, this continues going forward. But that's all I got today for, or this week, for the episode. Thank everyone for um, stopping by, saying hi, and being a part of the Bri-Fi guy. So next, I don't know what we're going to do next, actually. Maybe maybe I'll get some more. Oh, no. Forget. Next week, I will be at Firefighting School. And probably won't have any time to record. So we're going to have an off week next week while I go get my ass kicked at fire school. Maybe I'll get some pictures or some video for you guys share it on social media. But until then, see you all next time. Bri-Fi out. <laughs>